in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And it is week four of the Big 12 season. And of course, we got to do our Big 12 recap and preview. And of course, I got to have, it's a tag team duo this, again, Albie Shore and Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? We're here to keep it real, folks. I'll be glad to be back. Sad I had to miss the Texas recap pod. Wink, wink. Um, but glad to be back to talk about the sprinkle or the smack of chaos that is college football. What do you have to say? What? Are you that sad? Are you that sad that <laughs> <laughs> you missed the recap pod? I had a lot to say, uh, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's uh, I just rough. dumped it. Like a lot of gray well, matter from funny. my childhood. It's out of here. On the recap pod, we did uh, get the, the the shock that is uh, Tyler Shuck out six weeks. Um, yeah, we actually read that out like on while recording that Tyler Shuck's out six weeks. So that's, I mean, that's a big, big 12 news in general. I mean, the backup Henry Columbus coming in, he will be the starter. I, I know some tech fans are, are um, clamoring for the freshman Donovan Smith or Baron Morton. But Henry, I mean, Henry Columbia, everything we heard about him in the offseason was that he got a lot better, um, that he legitimately pushed Chuck for that starting quarterback position. And we saw it. He came in, had three beautiful throws for touchdowns. I rewatched them today. All three throws were on the money. It wasn't one of those YOLO throws and he just got lucky. All three throws on the money, in rhythm, great throws. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be too too sad about Columbia coming in. This, we shouldn't. We should take some of our thoughts of Columbia last year, throw them in the trash, and give them a real sh- shot this year. What do you think? Absolutely, man. I, I I don't understand the apprehension of Columbia, and this is. I mean, this is a big. It's kind of a college football thing lately. If okay, your quarterback either gets you know hurt or, and you know I'm kind of getting lost because for us it doesn't even really make sense because Columbia wasn't even out there before people start. Oh shoot. Put in Donovan Smith. Why? Shuck is out. Put Donovan Smith in. Uh, and then Columbia goes out there and, like you said, has a tremendous game. One of the best QBRs in the nation. And he wasn't even in the whole game. I mean, played excellent. He got the points on the board for us. He played well against a team yeah. that Shuck was struggling against. Came in, did his job. The defense was the only, you know, <laughs> was the biggest fail factor for the rest of that game. But I don't see how you look at a performance like that and go, ah, give me the other guy. Give me the other guy we don't know much about because we're playing a good team this week. And we'll talk about that on the preview pod, but we're playing a good defensive team this week. So you got to yeah. see Columbia first. I think, well, I think the problem is, and, the, and it sucks for Henry Columbia, right? Is that he is now, unfortunately, every time he makes any little mistake, people are going to be saying, oh, well, that Smith. That's why you're keeping too. Bring that other guy on. Bring on Smith, bring on Morton, right? He has two guys that the fan base wants to see. Most people just have one. We have two guys the fan base wants to see. Bring Smith, bring Morton, bring Smith, bring Morton. And but I, you know, I'm I am uh, willing to see what Columbia can do uh, this year. I mean, is he's a senior? This is he is a veteran on the team, and the guys the guys are going to ride for him no matter what. So I'm the football players. They want it. They don't want to play for the future. They don't want to play for the young guy to see what the young guy can do. They want to win. Well, and if remember who they were calling team, for last year. Was Columbia? Was Columbia? <laughs> All the players was, like to play with Columbia under center, and so yeah. if you got a team that enjoys your quarterback and they jive with the quarterback, that's the guy you want under center. That's right. So that's with right. how hard Columbia has worked all off season to hit dimes like that after we had such a stagnant offense, put him in, see what he can do. Yeah. 
for sure. I mean, it's six weeks is a long time. This is, as far as I'm concerned, he's no longer QB2. He is QB1. He is the one. This is, I mean, I look at it six weeks with a collarbone injury. It shucks, I, in, in my opinion, this shuck season is over. It's he over, man. Medical red shirt, medical red shirt him because it's six weeks with, I mean, by that time, by the time he comes back, we're we're going to be looking at Oklahoma, you know. And we're going to yeah. be looking at, uh, you know, towards the end of the season. We and what depending on how the season's gone at that point, it's um, you know, it's going to be a little too far gone. So, I, I think as far as I'm concerned, this is Columbia's team's Columbia season until Columbia really just craps the big one. Give him give him the keys to the ship. Bring the flow, baby. Yeah. So that's enough Texas Tech for this one. Remember, this is the Big Twelve episode. So because of that, we got to. We got to go around the the carousel and see what other Big 12 games are going on. As I mean, the Big 12 gauntlet is is here, baby. We have full slate, but there was one team that is, that wasn't playing Big 12 football this week, and that was TCU. They had an iron skillet to win. They went the long, long journey of playing their you know distant, distant rivals. And when I say distant, I mean literally on the other side of the Metroplex, SMU Mustangs. Um, that have a, has a certain head coach, uh, a, a guy. I don't know. You might have heard of him, Sonny Dykes. He's just a regular old guy. Just, just your, a regular old guy. Yeah. Um, and they lost, forty-two to thirty-four, losing the Iron Skillet for the second year in a row or second time in a row. Uh, what did you think about this game, Jeremy? I think that SMU has come a long way uh, since the days of the death of their death penalty. Um, my goodness, like SMU played hard and fast this whole game. They kept it right there. It felt like even though they were right there with TCU at the half or <clears throat> TCU, not, you know, they tied up at the half. It felt like SMU's game the whole way for me. Like I, I felt like uh, Patterson was really reeling with trying to figure out how they were going to answer SMU's offense. SMU's defense was playing chaotically uh, in such a good way. It felt like TCU just never had control of this game, and that probably was extremely frustrating for Horn Frog fans um, because it's like it's SMU, and in their minds, it's supposed to be ah, you know, they just that they're that school over there that they can't, they're not playing in a Power Five. But SMU folks is four and zero, and this is not an SMU team that's like oh okay they don't play anybody. This is a good team that can go out there and play with a lot of of, of like quality P five teams around the country. So. Big Sonny Dykes fan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, SMU is not my pick to win the AAC. Cincinnati's my pick to win the AAC. But SMU yeah, is probably the pick to be right I mean, right there with them. They're a good, good team. And and this is also that game where it's not like they snuck up on TC. I think in 2019 there was an argument that TCU just wasn't ready for SMU for whatever reason. This was a game that SMU let TCU. Remember, there was the, one of the receivers for SMU still told the papers people don't come to to dfw <laughs> to go to fort worth right yeah. so he he said bulletin board material a tcu tra- a guy that didn't get a scholarship to tcu mind you that's from fort worth said bulletin board material after they'd beaten tcu in 2019 and still won this is a win by every measure of it smu is i mean at this point they just proved they're just that much better of a team than tcu went out and got the dub um and uh sunny dykes another after getting 10 wins last year Another dub for Sonny Dykes. It's a good, it's a good coach. It's a good um, looking coach, just for you know um, reference. Let's put a yeah, pin in that one. It's a good coach. Just uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know why we're talking about Sonny Dykes, the great coach that he is, uh, former Texas Tech uh, assistant coach, son of legendary Spike Dykes, who used to be the Texas Tech head coach. I'm just bringing these things. <laughs> yeah, up. you know, no, just no, some small no connections. Reason. Ain't no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no big deal. Uh, so TCU um, embarrassing the Big 12 this past weekend. The only embarrassment, no other school embarrassed them. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Uh, so 
<laughs> but outside of a lot of good games, another well, and I said CC was the only one outside of the Big 12 that didn't play the Big 12. I was wrong. There was another Big 12 team that embarrassed the Big 12. Um, but they're they kind of embarrass the Big 12 all the time. And let's be real, this is expected. Kansas losing to Duke, 52 to 33. Um, I put you didn't watch this game, did you? Uh, you're gonna hate me if I did. <laughs> it's, uh, why would you? Why do you hate yourself? Like I don't. Why do you hate yourself? Uh, I saw bits and pieces of this game because I, for the longest time now, we have been on this train of like I want Kansas football to be better than trash, and that is exciting for me to see a team like this. I mean, come on, Beam went out there and threw over 300 yards. What's the last time a Kansas quarterback threw over 300 yards? Can you can you tell me that? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, I, I think this was an exciting game. But I only just got to see the first half, which is the most exciting part because then Kansas lays an egg in the second half, which they were winning. They were winning. They were halftime. winning. Yes. And so I thought, wow, I picked Duke to win this game. I was so wrong. What a great step in the right direction for Leopold. And of course, I turned it off, and the magic ends. <laughs> Kansas goes back to being Kansas, but I don't have to see it. So this is a great game for me. <laughs> but losing this, to Duke, Kansas, come on. Kansas is, they've played well in the first half of every game, every game they've been in and just really imploded in that second half, right? Like every game they've had this year, have they put up a formidable, you know, uh, effort in the first half, games close to leading, and then they just implode in the second half. And, they, and that's what Leipold has to really work on is having a team that plays full 60 minutes, that comes out of halftime and doesn't, aren't just happy to be there. Like they keep, they keep fighting. And that's unfortunately what we saw in this game. Who knows if this game is in Lawrence, maybe it goes a different way, but it wasn't. So if, ifs were, if ifs were fits. Uh, so now let's get into big, big 12 play where craziness just ensued. First craziness that happened the game that we expected to be pretty close. 25th ranked Kansas state at Oklahoma state and Oklahoma state was favored at home and they pulled out the W 31 to 20. You called that. I was high on Kansas State, and you called that. You were the pa- I'm a genius. The paddles I'm a genius. wanted for you, man. <laughs> You're a genius. We will I'm sing your praises out. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked with how well. Well, first of all, I mean, we kind of we kind of sat down on Sanders earlier uh, last week, even um, talking about you know he hadn't really shown us a lot. He kind of flubbed up the game previously, so for him to come out and have over 300 yards of offense, two touchdowns, no turnovers. That's a big game for Sanders in the right direction against an opponent like Kansas State, who we, I think we would consensually agree that they should have been a top 20 team in the way that they were playing, uh, considering who's in the top 25 right now. And for them to keep Kansas State to just 20 points, I mean, that was as such a great effort by this Oklahoma State Cowboys team that was kind of kind of dancing there with like, okay, when are they going to lose that game? Because they keep they playing this, they keep playing this, oh, let's kind of play games close where we really shouldn't be. But then they go out and they confidently beat Kansas State. 3120 it, it was impressive without, yeah, I mean, without is, scoring in the second half who who would have thought that this would be their biggest blowout of the year <laughs> right <laughs> like this is they played Missouri State Tulsa and Boise State but this is the best they've looked all year we were taking it before how the hell is this team undefeated and but they went out and at home paddles paddles everywhere and beat a really good Kansas State team so um well, actually, and, I, and I'll ask you this. Is it that Oklahoma State is a really good team, or is Kansas State maybe not as good as we thought they were? I mean, Will Howard did go out in this game, so now they're now on QB3 for Kansas State. 
Um, you know, is is was this more about Oklahoma State being good or Kansas State being bad? Mind you, Oklahoma State still has not scored in the second half for now two straight games. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what did you think? I don't know. I mean, you you don't want to say that like just because you get down in the quarterback, like you get down to like QB two and QB three, that your offense should sputter in such a way. I mean, it's not like Jaron Lewis went in there and had an awful game. Like he did as much as he could as QB three. So for me, it's it's really like I think Oklahoma State just really played a tremendous defensive game in the second. Um, their offense kind of you know disappeared, but like played tremendously in the second de- defensively to keep Kansas State to only one touchdown and effectively out of reach to making this a game. And so I, it's it's a little bit of both. I, you feel for Kansas State because, golly, I mean they have they've been looking dominant, and uh, then they lost Howard, and now they're on Lewis. And it's like okay, well, how does that ruin their season? I mean because they were on such a high trajectory, but all of a sudden injuries, 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 it can change the outcome of a of a of a season. Man, do I wish we were playing K-State this week. Hey, there you go. <laughs> uh, a lot of uncertainty. I mean, we still don't even know what Will Howard's injury is as at this moment. So, yeah. Um, you know, so that'll be interesting. But I, I do think that that injury early in the first quarter was 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 tough. I mean, that changed everything that Kansas State was planning on doing. They're very thin in the position with Skylar Thompson already being out. Um, so that does affect on it. I still don't really believe in Oklahoma State just yet. It's kind of a lot of things that just happen to go their way and and hell I, look Baylor damn near won a big 12 championship with random things just going their way a few years back so it can be done I'm not I'm not taking that away from them but, but I still I still don't really trust them just yet um speaking of teams that just can't be trusted uh the 14th ranked Iowa State Cyclones took another L this time to Baylor and is Baylor good I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with Iowa State. We joke that they gotta have that. They gotta have that bad game up front. They gotta have the bad game. They didn't lose to Iowa. They've had a few. They've had a few. few. (laughs) Most of their season's been disappointing, and so it's like, what is going on uh, up there in Iowa? Because well, and so this is a this is this is half of that. Half what the hell's going on in Iowa? Is also Baylor. A team that we thought it was kind of like the oh yeah Baylor they're winning the games that they should that's good um, they're blowing out they're yeah, they're blowing out uh, Kansas that's good blowing out Texas Southern that's good they barely won against Texas State so you know uh, but for them to go <clears throat> for them to take on Iowa State at home and shut down a team that we have all expected to be a contender for the Big Twelve that four and zero is looking a lot more stout than it was last week yeah. I mean, no, for sure. We're I, I'm it's, on the Bohannon train with good. you now. For me, this oh, was the Bohannon. On, huh? This was this was like, oh shit! I, I'm gonna start running and hop onto that thing because it's going off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bohannon. He he's working the game. He's working. I mean, his stats aren't too impressive, but in this game, he was he was definitely working it. Didn't make mistakes, and that's really all they need on this, this team. I'll say this: Baylor did let Iowa State back in the game. They had it. They had this game fairly comfortable. And really let Iowa State come back. Iowa State was a two-point conversion away from tying the game up. And if this game goes into overtime, I just don't think Baylor holds on. Uh, but in, but at the same time, Iowa State's a good team with a good defense. And Baylor was still able to pull it out. We got to start taking these Baylor Bears seriously. Before the year started, I had Baylor as the ninth best team in the Big 12. I can say it right now, four games in, I was wrong, obviously. This is a good Baylor team um, with a Texas Tech grad as a head coach. Uh, ah, I wonder who was the guy that wanted him to be hired back in 2018. Hey, ah, hey man. Don't know. Don't know. In 2019. Don't know him. Mm, uh, don't know. I don't. 
I don't know. I just, I, I I just say things. Yeah, I clarify for viewers who didn't get an eye on this game that it, it came down to Iowa State getting a two, like they went for a two-point conversion. Brock Purdy kind of, uh, it was kind of a weird handoff there, and then the play kind of fell apart. Baylor got under it and intercepted it, and, and that's what kept the game 31-29, and Baylor wins. But like that's that's a team closing out against Iowa State, who is a team that sh- like converting a two-point conversion of that close to the, you know, that should be money for them against a team that we all kind of doubted. So Baylor really showing the nation uh, they're ready to play. You know, you know, a pet peeve of mine is um, coaches, coaches try to get too sexy with simple things, right? So a two point conversion, so many times coaches try to do too much. Two point conversion. You just need two yards, two, three yards. That's all you need. It's two, three yards, right? Who can get you, you know, two or you three could, yards? You could just do a handoff. You could to just who? do a pitch, a screen, like, like it's, it's so many times you do – the play I hate the most, it does it happens all the time, and it looks like what I was trying to do, is that veer to one side of the field pass play. I hate yes. it so much. I hate it almost as much as the top, the uh, jump ball, which is the worst <laughs> play in football. But, like, it just just be just be simple, stupid. Like, don't you don't have to do too much. Just, you know, a, a your best run play or your best screen, your best whatever – Get the touch. Get the get the two pointers. But Reece Hall had about two hundred yards in the game. I don't know why they didn't. Yeah, he was I playing mean, fine. I, Iowa State tried to be too sexy, and nothing <laughs> sexy in Iowa. So um, that's <laughs> I don't know why they did. Hey, there you but go. there's that. Iowa State is now two and two on the season, and um, a lot of their hopes that they had at the beginning of the season is rough. Easily could be one and three if not for that Northern Iowa game. If you remember, <laughs> that. so it's, yeah. it's rough there. Um, and then probably the game of the week. West Virginia at number four, Oklahoma. Another team that is undefeated by the Harris on their chinny-chin-chin. Oklahoma wins 16-14. It was not pretty. It was so ugly that the student section was shouting for Oklahoma's backup quarterback instead of Spencer Rattler, who was supposed to be the number one pick in the 2022 draft. We I don't see I, Caleb. I, yeah. Oh, my God. First of all, Sooner fans, get a hold of yourself. How embarrassing for you. What's wrong? They were calling for Jalen Hurts back uh, the year that they won the Big 12 and went to the playoffs. So it's, Oklahoma yeah, fans just don't know what don't know what. Did you say par for, par for course? That's par for course. Uh, what's not par for course is how close Oklahoma let this. Although I, I am not backing down that I think West Virginia is a really good team. And they should <laughs> have 11 won. wins. Hey, 11 wins. <laughs> um, but for me, it's a Jarrett Dagey problem. I think Jarrett Dagey might be the problem with West Virginia because West Virginia's defense did, they played tremendously. Uh, the offense could not get it going to save their life. Jarrett Dagey looked terrible on the deep ball. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's tough how close. And I saw uh, our friend Brandon tweet about it or quote tweet somebody who said, you know, we're right there. Like West Virginia's right there. He's like, we have been saying we're right there for a long time. 11 years it feels like um man i mean what a, what a what a good game but also what a terrible game if you're a fan of either of these teams for oklahoma fans you scored 16 points that's not going to get you anywhere near the college football playoff for west virginia fans you, fans you you could have won this you had this game in hand in the third and at the beginning of the fourth and then you let it go like this is a disappointing game for both sides so it's funny, the wrong fan base is calling for the backup, in my opinion. Truly. Um, Garrett Green, and we'll talk about this more on the WVU preview, Garrett Green didn't look too shabby. I mean, he's right now they're using him as like a Taysom Hill gadget-type quarterback or whatever. 
Um, but he didn't look bad. Looks like he's more, he's obviously more athletic than Jared Dagey. Um, but, but even when he threw the ball, you know, he, he scares defenses. I almost guarantee you that next week or this week already, Keith Patterson is having to scheme up ways to stop this freshman young quarterback because Oklahoma couldn't stop him. Um, the only person that could stop him was the West Virginia offensive co- offensive coaches. <laughs> that's that's the only people. you're taking him out of the game. Um, I will say this: I'm I'm not, I've never been a fan of the two quarterback system. I think every any time that Green came off the field and Dickey came back on, Dickey came on cold. I I I'm sure. I, I don't even know what his his stats are for coming on after Green just left, but it can't be good. Uh, he just didn't look like himself every single time he came back on the field. So that I do think that hurts the confidence of both Diggy and the fact that he's coming in cold. Uh, but uh, both offenses for West Virginia and Oklahoma should be ashamed of themselves. Just absolutely nothing going. And, and yes, on one hand, we can credit the defense. The defense of both teams played outstanding, but a lot of that had to do with also the offense is just playing like butt. Yeah, I can agree. Yeah, for sure. Sure. So, Jeremy, give me your player of the week in the Big 12. Oh, goodness. I mean, it's Jerry Bohannon. Like, we were talking about it. I think that, like, you said, like, he did what he had to. But I really look like, I mean, he really looks settled out there. For me, it never looked like he was unsettled with the game. It felt like he knew the assignment. He knew what the coaches wanted of him. He knew the plays. And he ran them with confidence against the number 14th team in the country, a team that is supposed to be a Big 12 competitor. Did it at home. He got the dub. A huge step forward for Baylor in so many ways. And like solidifies himself, to me, as a, as a good quarterback in this conference. And so like that, easy for me to pick uh, Bohannon. Well, sorry, Red Raider fans. There was a quarterback through five touchdowns this week. <laughs> Casey Thompson. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Dude, Casey Thompson threw 300 yards, 500, five, five touchdowns. He's the ah. player of the week. I well. thought about Spencer Sanders also. I think he had a really good – you brought up a good point that he didn't turn the ball over, and that's true. But Casey Thompson threw five touchdowns. Oh, yeah, I but can't, he disappeared I can't in the just, second, so. Yeah, what's that? But he dis- Yeah, but Spencer Sanders disappears is in the second. Yeah, so, disappeared in the second half. So yeah. That's maybe why I didn't give it to him. But, like, Casey Thompson threw five touchdowns. Um, that's Man, he's, whew, against a bad, bad boy. How are we feeling about our day? <laughs> I would have to go. I'm not, I'm not about to do another recap pod. I'll try to skip it on purpose. <laughs> anyway, right, whatever. Hey, that's a, Don't get excited, That's a Texas bad boy, fans. boy. Casey, Casey, Casey Thompson's bad boy. I got to give Y'all it Y'all had him as so, QB, too. Anyways, go ahead. That's, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, give me Hudson. <laughs> I even tweeted about it. Give me Hudson card. Please. Please. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> uh, so let's go to week five. Let's, let's preview week five a little bit in the Big 12. Uh and we're going to start off. I mean, obviously, the sexiest game of the week is Texas Tech at West Virginia at two thirty on ESPN two. Uh, be on the lookout for the Tortillas and Takes preview pod later this week, where we go into. I'm actually going to be at the game. I'm going to be in Morgantown. I'm really excited about it. Um, I got a new, you know, I got a nice new replica Tech jersey. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be out there. Um, you know, please, guys, don't embarrass me. Please, I pray. <laughs> Just. Don't embarrass me. It's four hours from where I am currently. It's a long drive. Don't please, guys. Guys, please don't embarrass me. Um, but as far as everybody else, let's let's run through it. First up, uh, another eleven o'clock showing for the Texas Longhorns against a in-state team uh, at TCU, and a lot of Texas fans. I mean, you 
You go up against Tech, who you usually beat, and now you're going up against TCU, who you usually lose to. You lose to TCU so much that a congressperson had to tell you how much you lose to TCU, uh, which was one of the highlights of my offseason. What do you think about this game? Who wins? Yeah, I mean, record from 2012, Texas only has won two, and you know TCU's bagged, TCU's bagged uh, seven. So that's pretty good in their favor. There's something about this. There's something about this matchup that TCU seems to have the upper hand. I don't know if it is Patterson or what. Um, but but with how Texas played last week, and how TCU was kind of struggling early in the season here, I'm not so sure that TCU has a defense that can stop uh, Bijan Robinson. Because if Bijan Robinson comes out like he played last weekend. Oh no, man! TCU, like you're gonna have a really tough. You're gonna have a long day. It may not be uh, the Casey Thompson show. It may be the Bijan Robinson show, tearing up your defense. I mean, so, every I, week is the Bijan Robinson show. He's that is. Listen, I knew he was one of the best <clears throat> running backs. In the, that is the best running back in the country. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> that is. Oh my God, he made Colin. And I said this on the preview pod already. Colin Schooler is an NFL player, and he made him look. Like, you know, remember that, that gif where Derrick Henry, like, turns Earl Thomas around and uses him as a lead blocker? That's what that's what Bishaw Thompson did to Colin Schooler. Oh, uh, it wasn't pretty. And, I listen, this is probably one of the worst run defenses TCU has ever employed um, going up against the best yeah. running back in the country. And the line Sorry, is only guys. four and a half Texas. Yeah, no, I hop on that. Texas, yeah, Texas is winning, and they're winning. They're, they're covering. There is. But the thing is, it is, at, it is in Fort Worth. So, um you know, that means it's only going to be because it's in Fort Worth, instead of it being like 95% Texas fans, it's just going to be 55% Texas fans. So, you know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I, I, I'm with you. I got Texas in this one as well, um, which, which feels gross, which feels so gross. So next up, we have number six, Oklahoma at Kansas State. Kansas State, the thorn in the Sooners' side. They have consistently beat the Sooners. Um, but you know that one early season loss Oklahoma always suffers? Maybe, just maybe, that was supposed to be last week and they survived it. Or does Kansas State do what they seem to have been really doing lately, which is beating the Sooners? They've won two games straight. Do they do it again? Uh, but they, I mean... But they won with their starting quarterback, right? So, like, That's true. now that we're down to QB3, I'm not... Maybe. Mean, maybe. We don't know. Skylar Thompson... Skylar Thompson could actually be available for this game. Will Howard could still be available for this game. But as of right now, all, the only person we know is healthy is QB3. Right. So, for me... <laughs> right now, as recording this on Monday, um, expecting QB3 to be the go-ahead play, even though if, I, if I'm Kansas State's coaching staff, I am I am looking at every avenue to make sure that does not happen. Because I, I still, like, if you're if you're a part of this Kansas State program, you, you feel like, okay, that game got away from us, but it's not who we are. We can play better than that. We need to have all of our pieces back together. And if they have Skylar Thompson, if they have Howard back, then this game becomes a lot more interesting because I'm not sold. I'm, man, I'm just not Oklahoma as a sixth team in the country. I don't think that any Big Twelve team right now needs to be in the top ten. I think it, that 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 it's a crazy year. The top ten is just bogus, anyways. I think that Oklahoma is still beatable for sure, even though they just survived the game last week. To me, that's not like oh we broke the curse. It's like oh the Grim Reaper just moves around to another week in the year. Um, 
Like, is Oklahoma going undefeated in the Big 12? I really don't think so. And if they do, then that's really bad for the Big 12 because we had it's like the best year for us to like sweep them out of there or get get a good win against them, and it's just not going to happen. But I, I don't think I think it's I think it's another close game, but I think Oklahoma squeaks it out for sure. You got Kansas State covering. <laughs> the line got, right now is ten and a half. Yeah, I got Kansas State covering. I think it's a one touchdown difference game. So I think the line being at ten and a half is because Vegas expects uh, both Howard and Thompson to be out of this game. Because outside of that, I don't see why the hell Oklahoma should be a ten and a half point favorite in this game. I think I think regardless of the quarterback, Kansas State makes this game close. Um, what we've seen is that the Oklahoma State Oklahoma defense, Alex Grinch's defense has played well, um, but teams are slowing the game down and making Spencer Rattler and Lincoln Riley's offense stay on the stay on the sideline and stay cold. And you know what team is best at that? Kansas State. Um, I agree with you. I think Oklahoma wins. But in Manhattan, a, a team like Kansas State, they're going to grind it out. It's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy for Oklahoma State to win this one. But I got Oklahoma State winning another squeaker, only winning by a touchdown. Um, but, yeah. But somehow, they'll be 5-0. and So, the game that used to be a battle of the doormats, which is Kansas at Iowa State, now is a really lopsided, uh, quote-unquote, rivalry. Uh Iowa State, are they gonna? Is it gonna be another one where they just? Well, actually, let me. Okay, let's not. Let's be real about this here. They're gonna win, right? Iowa State's gonna win this one. They're gonna win. The line is thirty-four. <laughs> Does can Kansas cover <laughs> in Kansas Jack Trice Stadium and, and Ames, Iowa? Can Kansas cover? No. <laughs> no. 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 No way. Come on, man, bro. They gave up so many points to Duke. Fifty <laughs> points to Duke. They and the line. Up about- my five touchdowns, though? My five tutties? Come on, man. Oh, uh, man. You know, I actually... Uh, I don't think so. I think that Kansas... I don't I don't think Kansas beats the spread here because of Kansas. I think Kansas beats the spread here because Iowa State controls the ball and then takes up most of the game. Iowa State's like, okay, we only need really... We need three touchdowns to win this game because they're not even going to get one. That kind of, yeah. that kind of methodology. There we go. It ain't going to happen because of that. I respect that. Um, Kansas is trash, though. <laughs> they're not good. So, they're trying they're to control not, the game. Brees Hall breaks off for multiple 50-plus yard runs. No, so, fun. I think Vegas has this on, on Monday. I think they're going to win by five touchdowns. Baylor beat them by 38. <laughs> yeah. Baylor is a – Baylor won the game by two. Yes. Or beat Iowa State by two. So that means Iowa State beats Kansas by thirty six. There yeah. it is. That's <laughs> the, the transitive, transitive properties property that we didn't yeah. want to bring into the season. All right, uh, transitive property. <laughs> so Iowa State covers, beats them by thirty six. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's they're, they're not going to win. Hopefully, this is a game where Iowa State gets their mojo back. I, I think they they're playing Kansas at a perfect time to really right the ship and say, okay, let's let's get our season back under control. We're too good of a team to let this happen. Remember, before this season, Iowa State fans thought this was the best team Iowa State has ever had. So to have a situation where the first four games of the season you've lost two and you should have really lost three, not great, Bob. Not great at all. So now, last but not least, 20, the, the only ranked game of the, the weekend, 21st ranked Baylor at 19th ranked Oklahoma State, um, a team that has comfortable that surprisingly is at 4-0 versus a team that is surprisingly at 4-0 for entirely different reasons. <laughs> uh, who do you who do you got in this game? I, I you hit it on the money. I was going to say that this is my favorite game of the week by far. Um, 
for for just that reason. Like these are two teams that both you and I have examined, said that nah, and then they both surprised us this past weekend, and now they're going up head to head. It was kismet. This is how it was supposed to be. So we have two four and teams coming about it in two different ways. Um, it is in Stillwater. I doubted Stillwater Magic last time around uh, with a team that was. Now I'll say this. Baylor has QB1. <laughs> Baylor has QB1. And they're uh, if he goes down, they'll have QB2. They're not at QB3 yet. Um, so Baylor probably has a better chance than this at Kansas State. I think with the way that Baylor played Iowa State, if Bohannon has another calm and collected game in Stillwater now. So this is a great test. So we saw a great test of Baylor at home. Now we get to see an even better test of Baylor away. Because Stillwater is a difficult place to play. Those pedals ain't joking. That big, that Mondo screen with Gary Busey's, Busey's face on it, not joking around. Um, <clears throat> I like I like Baylor here to go with the one one rank upset, the 20. I think that 20 gap is not very large, uh, whoever's sitting there at 20 right now in AP. Um, I, I like Baylor, but I like it to be close. And I like, I like for us to figure out a lot about uh, Baylor's defense as a whole throughout the game. You know what I'm saying? Fun fact about this game is Stillwater. The last three times Baylor and Oklahoma State have played in Stillwater, Baylor has won two of them, including the very last time Baylor played in Stillwater. Um, so let me just ref- say this, and I don't like how much we've agreed this episode. It's really a it's pretty bad episode for us to agree this much. Um, but I, Oklahoma State should win this game. Should. They are more talented. Coming a month ago, I would have said there's no way Oklahoma State loses this game at home. From the first, I, I just take off. Let's. I'm not going to act like this person that I'm, I'm holding on to my ideals of what I thought each team was supposed to be before the season. I'm going strictly off of the first four games. Baylor looks like the better team. Just flat out looks like the better team. Oklahoma State, at one point, in each of their four games should have lost. They they could they like we're talking about Iowa State could have been one and three. Oklahoma State could have been 0 and 4. There's not a game they've had so far where they've looked like that. The only the best game they've played is against Kansas State, where they had to knock out the backup quarterback because of the third string. And even then they still hadn't scored in the entire second half. They have not scored in four straight second half quarters. Um I don't trust Oklahoma State's defense. I think Baylor's defense is better. I don't trust Oklahoma State's quarterback at this point. I hope I was hoping Spencer Sanders would take the next step. He hasn't. And so when I have, so if I'm going to go with a team that I think has a better quarterback and a better defense, I got to go with them to win, right? Right? And I will. <laughs> and I will. Baylor, Baylor's going to win. I, I have Baylor winning. I have Baylor winning. I know Oklahoma State's at home, but I just, I don't, it's, it's weird. I don't like the fact that I trust Baylor. I don't like, I thought this team was going to be so bad. Um, and what's worse is that if Baylor if Dave Aranda has success at Baylor, that is three straight coaches that have had success at Baylor, which means Baylor will never return to the basement. And um, it's something that I've wanted from them for a long time. And the fact that they're not going to return to the basement makes me sad. Hey, uh, Baylor's sad. last game of 2020, Oklahoma State. They lost 42 to three. So Ooh. Baylor's probably interested in uh, remedying that loss uh, at home. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. And they don't have uh, their old old uh, quarterback from last year, Brewer, yeah. who is schoolless. Who is, yeah. fig- is team, sorting some teamless. things out. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. discovering himself. 
I guess so. So, um, Jeremy, anything else you want to say to the people? A lot of football left this season. As you can tell, I mean, we're four pods in for this. It's chaos. Like, expect nothing. Be excited by everything. We have football this year. Uh, a lot of football person. It, it's it's a good it's a good football season. Yeah, I mean, the Big Twelve is wild and wacky. That's that's the main takeaway. I like this is the first year, and if you listen to our Air Raid podcast previously, you know we've been doing this for a while. This year, I, I every week we do this, and we're making these predictions. I don't know. Can I just say IDK beside each game? Like we're 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 talking Oklahoma Kansas State. We both predicted Oklahoma Kansas State could win that game. Yeah, T- TCU could beat Texas. Oklahoma State could beat Baylor. Um, Kansas is not beating Iowa State. That's one that I'm like. <laughs> there it I'm is. Stamp that one. <laughs> I'm stamping Damn. that one. That's yeah. not happening. But um, every game is a toss up. It's so wild this year in the Big Twelve. I have no idea. Everybody looks good mm. and bad at the same time. It's so and, uh, that so is true. fun. That is so much fun. It's and you know what football. happens because me and Jeremy agreed so much on this podcast episode. Mm. Every, all of our predictions are going to come wrong. All of them. They're going to all be bad. Yes. There's uh, (laughs) more chaos. There's that. But luckily, the teams that we predicted to win, Baylor, Texas, and Oklahoma, they all lose in the same week. Hell yes. Hell yes. Keep the race open. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be a happy camper. So that's all we got here. Make sure to listen to the Texas Tech West Virginia preview podcast that's coming out later this week um, where we make our predictions for that game and talk a little bit about the game. Can Texas Tech bounce back? under Henry Columbia, or well, got to wait to find out. For Jeremy and for our producer extraordinaire, that is Dylan Smythe. You've been listening. This is Albie. You've been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people. <laughs>